This is JFM Podcast. Beautiful morning to you then. Thank you so much for choosing J101.9 FM. You're on to the show Let's Talk, your political and current affairs program that brings to you trending stories right here in the country and try to make sense out of it. As they say, two heads are better than one. And just week last week, um, the governor of the state actually commissioned a sworn in actually um, commissioners for the state and um, also the ministerialist screenings and all of that and we're hoping that um, as they see uh, two heads well actually not just two heads two good heads because if the heads are not good it's just going to be a waste of time and we're just trying to see um, how this what this means for Plateau state and um, with the swearing of new commissioners and what it will mean for the people of Plateau going forward and how Plateau State can be returned to its former glory. Uh, welcome to the show. My name is Abigail Seaman and I'm not alone. I'm joined by Mikhail Misi. Mikhail, lovely morning to you. Good morning, Abigail. Good morning to our listener. Um, it's been a wonderful day so far, Monday morning, for all of us to be excited. Um, there's a number of things I was going to talk about over the weekend and one of the things that caught my attention has to be the Roll calls on social media as to regards to the ministerial screening of uh, Mr. Zinbosun Tijani. Um, the clamor or the call for him to be removed from the list because in the past he aired his grievances and his anger. I should also add, rightfully so, about the country. It's quite funny that in a country where we are constantly struggling for air, in a country where politicians and men like Yesom Wiki, um, El Rufai, um, people like Adela Bo, people like Matawale are being screened for ministers and nobody's raising dust or saying anything about it. A young person's anger against the country is seen as a reason for him not to be as part of a cabinet of the president. I also need to say this to young Nigerians who say things like, hey, if you say you stand for the country, you would not dine, quote and unquote, with the devil. Um, the, the older I get, the, the more I understand that solutions to problems do not have to be binary. There are different ways to solve a problem. There are those who would stand outside and scream and criticize, where there are those who need, who need to go inside you know, to fix things. I also understand the sentiments as to eating with the devil, you need a longer spoon, and you know the fear of being tainted by the system, especially when it is bad, but we cannot change the system from outside. I know it's not something many Nigerians want to hear, many young people want to hear. One of the reasons why we went on during the last election to massively support a person was because we believed that for us to change the system, we needed people inside of the system to change it. And so to every young Nigerian out there, we need to start thinking differently. We need to understand that solutions are not binary, that there are different ways to solve a problem. And like they often say, in the battleground, there are different roles to be played by different people in an army. So to everybody out there, please, um, Nigeria is asked to save, Nigeria is asked to make better as much as we want to criticize the government in the ways we can let us do our beat to also make it work 
And finally, to the commissioners in the state, congratulations. Um, I have my, my truckload of questions for every one of you. Mm-hmm. But first off, it's good to know you're in office. And I also hope that you know that you are there because the people believe that the governor's choices are right. So if you think like I'm a bad guy, I can do anything I want. Well, unfortunately, you aren't. You are servants to the people and you answer to the people. I know it's often um, it's a normal thing where people get positions and they become ego bloated. There's this power drunkenness about them. However, you are there to serve and do serve as well. Good morning. Uh, to help us look into this, Mahatera, look into these issues critically. Um, just so we were also talking about the Niger coup and how it affects Nigeria too and what will be the aftermath for Nigerians. And to help us do that, we have um, Mr. Pa- Silas Patrick Dong in the building. A lovely morning to you. Welcome to the show. Just Silas, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lovely Monday morning. Having having the Super Falcons play, you you just know. I think I think uh, even though I'm not a sport enthusiast and I don't know how to talk about sport, I would have left yeah, Mr. Silas and Ibika to do justice <laughs> to sport. But uh, we have to look at the nation right now. All right, very good morning to you, Abigail and Emeka. Uh, thank you so much for having me. As always, uh, it's good to be here again to talk uh, governance, especially uh, as it regards Nigeria and the plateau state. Yes, talking about Plata State, we've seen the swearing of the commissioners. Um, A lot of, um, well, not a lot of people know the people on the list and their portfolio and what they can do and what they cannot do. Um, For someone like you who has born and bred on plateau you definitely know some of these people on the list and um, their capacity and what they can do. For you as a person, I wanted to ask you, no sentiments aside, do you think that um, on the list um, of people who have been given different um, commissioner positions, walks, transport, and all of that, um, do you think they're going to perform to par? Yes. Um, let me uh, first and foremost uh, congratulate uh, the commissioners. At least they now have their portfolio, so we'll call them commissioner designate like it was in the past uh, a few days. Yes. Uh, so, and uh, to also to congratulate the people of Plateau State, most especially the Governor, His Excellency uh, Barrister Caleb Manasseh Mutfong, for coming up with um, a crop of young people mixed with old blood. Uh, I must say this because uh, perhaps this is the first time mm-hmm. uh, we're going to see no, no names come on the list of commissioners that are going to be working with the governor. And no disrespect to uh, politicians. Uh, you know, I've heard some complaints here and there where, uh, you know, there's this, where are the politicians? Did these people actually work for, uh, you know, the party before yes. they emerge mm. as commissioners? But I want to quickly correct this impression. I think it is high time we go away from this uh, unnecessary talks as to whether the person did work for the party, uh, you know, imagine, uh, you know, at the state level or even at the national level. And I make bold to say this because I'm... Um, uh, looking at where we're coming from, mm. I mean, the last eight years on the plateau has been one that is horrifying. I'm not one who wants to talk about the experience of plateau state in the last eight years. Uh, you can say that was actually virtually uh, no governance here on the plateau. Mm. And to think that we want to kickstart or restart the state, you know, to move it to where others have moved to, you know, in the last eight years and left us where we used to be. Mm. Uh, it's important that we get in technocrats come on board. And I think that that's what the governor has done by bringing in these people that, uh, you know, now commissioners uh, to help him, uh, you know, galvanize the system and make it work. And this is so because uh, if you look at the crop of people that were 
you know, uh, made commissioners, especially yeah. sworn in last week Friday. Mm-hmm. You will agree with me that these are professionals in their field. Uh, there is no name on that list that is actually not known to Plato people. I think we also need to get that right. Uh, they are Plato people. Uh, the fact that they are not uh, core politicians, yeah. like we call them, mm-hmm. uh, does not take the fact that they are from Plato State and they should also be given an opportunity to serve the state. Mm-hmm. We've seen the politicians do that. There are other places where politicians can actually function. And I think the governor has done very well, you know, by putting politicians where they need to be, be yeah. and also technocrats Democrats. where they also need to be. If you look at the appointment of uh, special advisors, for instance, mm. you'll see that in that part, uh, politicians dominated, right? Yes. Uh, that is not to say that mm. uh, the special advisors are not going to help in governance process on the plateau, mm. but to say that most people wanted to see politicians in the cabinet, I think that would be most unfair to other plateau people who feel that plateau has been left behind and needs to you know come at par with states that used to be even below plateau state when it comes to rating whether at national level education infrastructure name it uh, you know uh, human resource uh, yeah. like we have uh, across the country so so i think that um, we shouldn't overboard this talk uh, because they are plateau people first and foremost mm-hmm. and they also have uh, the right to uh, you know contribute their quota and i think the governor has done fairly well in his selection uh, you can see the age group yes. uh, of those who were appointed we have a 36 year old as commissioner in plateau state mm-hmm. i'm not sure that has happened in the past so this is something to celebrate so the young people now have a voice that look if there's any problem we have a representative that will speak on our behalf. Mm. Now, if you go beyond the guy who is twins, that's talking about the Commissioner for Youth and Sport, Lawandi Dati. Yes. You also look at uh, the Commissioner for Women Affairs, who is just 38 years old. Now, that for me is another huge, huge, uh, you know, achievement for the governor. Now, uh, she is a mother, mm. right? Mm. And then she's also young. Now, it tells you that there is that blend of motherhood and her age. So it means she can relate very well with the younger generation of women and also those who are above, above 50 yes. and, and, you know, to, towards the end. And that also, you know, will bring in more women. If you remember, I think I came on this same set to talk about what the governor did promise during his campaign period. He said, one thing that is lacking on the plateau is the absence of leadership. And that is what I have come to provide. Now, I feel the governor is doing that, mm. you know, by this crop of you know people that he has assembled to work with him as commissioners so for me uh, i think that is something to applaud uh from the 36 year old to 38 to 40 41 42 43 46 the age 50. range mm-hmm. now if you look at the age demography you would agree with me that uh, those who are 50 and below yeah. are more than those who are 50 and above, above. Mm-hmm. and that is the blend of the old and the young you talked about uh, whether they are square pegs and square holes. Mm-hmm. And I make bold to say yes. Now, you see, there's something about leadership. Now, if you are young, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have the monopoly of knowledge. But one thing counts for you. Mm. It means that you have the energy, the ability to learn yes. and implement on time. With no disrespect to the older generation, I'm not saying they still cannot learn. They can still learn. But the problem is the energy for them to put in that time to learn Mm. is no longer there. So what you have is them doing same of the same. Now, with the younger generation, that's not the same. 
I mean, during their time, I make bold to say there was no internet. Now, in our time, there's internet. There are so many things you can do on the internet and help improve no. your own skills mm. and then impact the society where you're going to govern. So for me, it's something to celebrate. And uh, perhaps maybe when we begin to talk about the KPIs of these commissioners, uh, we'll go delve more inside. And that's where I think the energy of these commissioners, who are mostly young people, mm-hmm. uh, will come into play. Not to sound biased, but you mentioned the fact that there are young people there, which is including an inclusivity part for the government. Um, well, let's talk about the women quota on that list. Um, would you say that women were heavily represented in the positions that they were given? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, four uh, women were, you know, uh, uh, sworn in as commissioners. And if you look at the percentage, uh, you know, we have 20 commissioners. And then, um, of course, the governor did talked about his sharing formula when it comes to appointments. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a Agreed. I promise the young people that forty percent of his appointments were going to the young people, yes. and thirty uh, percent or thirty-five percent uh, was going to be given to women. And if you look at it mathematically, uh, you'll agree that four. Uh, it's a good number for women. I, I'm not saying that that is enough. It's something that can actually be improved upon. Yeah, exactly. But if you look at the total appointment made so far, um, Abigail, I make also uh, need to tell you that we have other women who were also appointed, not necessarily commissioners. commissioners yes. right? So Olivia Dazem is a woman. She was appointed and sworn in the same day the commissioners were sworn in. Mm. Uh, the GMPRTV is a woman. Uh, of course, we know that. We also have, <clears throat> I mean, another woman, uh, I, I can't quite remember now, but hopefully when the name comes, I'll get to put it. So if you look at all of these appointments, you'll agree that, yes, uh, these are you know, women who will add value to the uh, government of the day. If you look at other boards and parastatals, you can also agree. The former deputy speaker of this place, uh, this state, uh, who is from uh, Mrs. Joyce Rangnap, who is from Langtang South, mm-hmm. was also appointed recently uh, to head to, to, to assist in heading one of the uh, agencies of government. So there are women that are in very key Possession, and strategic sorry. position. Abigail, it is not about the number, and I think I, I think we need to agree. I understand this mm. that numbers don't really matter. What is the impact that you will get with the number that are there? Education is something we can never, never, you know, overemphasize. Mm. And to say that education at higher level was given to a woman, I think that is something very huge. Uh, I think that women need to come out and support because hey. You and I know what our secondary school look like here on the plateau. And in Nigeria, it's very terrible to say that plateau city is now being rated among the lowest mm. when it comes to work and jam uh, success rate. Now, you don't have a woman who uh, is going to work with the colleague uh, who is also a commissioner for, I mean, for secondary education to see how they can improve on our ratings so that when it gets to that tertiary level, yeah. she's a mother, a doctorate degree holder, someone who's been there before, you know, in other capacities, not necessarily uh, in the education sector. But because it's an educationist, it is a plus uh, for the state. So we'll look at this, uh, uh, you know, impact more than the number, whether 35% affirmative action was, uh, you know, considered or mm-hmm. not. But I think that four women on the cabinet and the young generation is something that we should applaud the governor for. I, I was going to ask you, who was the former commissioner of education in the state? I don't know. It was now, a woman. Is a was, it was a woman as well. So I'm just saying that. There no, are I need to, I, not that I don't know her name, but let me say that I don't know because there was no impact. Okay. So there was total so, absence. So let, let's talk about impact. Let's talk about impact, which you mentioned, the KPIs for this um, commissioners. We already have um, 
how Plateau is peculiar. We have peculiar problems. We have things that need to be fixed as quick as possible. So let's talk about capacity. You've mentioned education, which anybody can go to school and be educated, but we're talking about making a lasting impact, making sure that these ministries or these uh, agencies function as they are supposed to function. So for you as a person, for right now, for Plateau State, what should be um, the KPIs for these commissioners and what should they be bringing to the table to make Plateau a better better state than it was before? Abigail, because we're starting from virtually nowhere, yes. because we, there, there has been total absence of governance in the last eight years. And I hate to say this. A lot of people would uh, want to argue this. But uh, I think Plateau people should understand the fact that we are first and foremost, left behind. I, I, for instance, I always don't want to talk about education. I tell myself that I'm that illiterate, you know, who is just opportune to be uh, uh, in places to be able to add value, right? Because I don't think that education starts and ends within the four corners of the classroom or yeah. your certificate that you get to present. Mm. We've seen people with secondary school become president of this country. So that's to tell you that at any level of education, whether the formal or the informal sector, uh, you have a huge part to play in governance. Mm. Now, for me, uh, the KPIs or what we should be looking at with the uh, commissioners who've just come on board is maybe, uh, if you ask me, we look at it sectorially, yes. mm. right? Yes. And I start from maybe the education sector, which I just talked about. Yes. What do we expect of the commissioner of education, maybe both secondary and uh, higher education mm. or higher learning like they call it. Now for me, uh, that's a sector that needs total rehabilitation. If you take the last uh, WIAC results, say in the last 10 years, for instance, uh, Plateau State is nowhere to be found. And this is not to say that education at secondary school level is good across the country. Of course, we, we were uh, uh, just recently, you know, awash with stories of a lady who, you know, said she scored a certain number in jam yeah. and jam denied that. Today she's apologized. And so this is what technology has brought to us. Mm. People can easily manipulate the system. Yeah. And because we can manipulate the system easily, it is really very difficult to, to police such a set. It means that at this age, less than 18 years, that girl is that, you know, tech survey that she can actually do what she did. Mm -hmm. So what we need to do is to change the orientation of the people and that sector. You cannot go to a secondary school where the teacher himself is not properly trained. We don't know disrespect to those who, 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 who go to colleges of education and uh, NCU holders. I am one who believe that those who have these degrees, <clears throat> it is not necessarily that you must go and acquire a degree in education, yeah. right? Mm. But because before you are issued that degree certificate, there's something they always they say, haven't satisfied mm. all. Now, what they mean is not just what you learn in classroom. Mm. It, it also, you know, involves how you related with your classmates, how you were able to relate with the environment, you know, mm. that accumulates into you having a certificate. So if that is done, now we'll look at first and foremost, the teachers, are they properly trained? Even if they were properly trained, when was the last time they went on any refresher course? Now that is lacking. The Plateau State Polytechnic just campus here used to be, as a child, I knew that place to be uh, uh, staff training. It only became Plateau State Polytechnic just campus, you know, and staff training went Comatose. Mm. So the governor needs to know, the commissioner particularly, needs to know that 
if we cannot convert the Just Campus back to what it used to be, there are other government structures that we can now have this staff training so that we can have staff come in and have retrain, you know, refreshing their, their knowledge on how modern education should be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then if you're able to do that, for me, uh, it's going to help, you know, the teachers uh, become even more better. And then from there, you begin to have your, 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 your students, you know, come out with very good grades. And that is not just limited to secondary education. The basis it's very key and important. And if you do not have a fantastic or a good primary education, it means that there is something fundamentally wrong. And like they say, if a house that has a faulty foundation, obviously it will not stand. Uh. So these are some of the indicators for me that the Commissioner for Education uh, should be taking on. Retraining of manpower and then their own welfare. Very key. You do not expect a teacher to go and teach a child in school when he's not being paid salaries for four months. These are some yeah. of the things that you must also look at. So while the commissioner is doing his or her best in trying to change the system from the level where she can do, the governor also needs to know that a worker deserves his wages. And as such, their salaries should not be tampered with. As a matter of fact, even if you're going to you know, divide or section how you pay salaries. There are two key sectors that you don't joke with their salaries. I may just add the third one, uh, but that's because at state level, you have little or nothing to do with the third one. You don't play with the salaries of teachers. No disrespect to other civil servants. You also don't play with the salary of health workers because, I mean, health is wealth. wealth, And you cannot educate someone who is sick. So this Two sectors are sectors that we must seriously look at. And I want to believe that the governor, uh, Barista Kaleb Mutfuang, has that in mind. And that's why if you look at his appointments, he started with some very key sectors. Education is one of them. Mm. The primary education board was actually, the commission came on, but those you know, were also inaugurated uh, some weeks ago. We now have the... Uh, CMD of Plateau Specialist Hostel, a fantastic young person, I must say, a professor that you can always beat your chest and say, look, this is someone that is a square peg in a square hole. Mm-hmm. And so many other things. For me, that's what Plateau people should look forward to. All right. All right. Um, I, I was going to ask you, you talked about education. One of the things I was going to draw your attention to was the remuneration because a lot of it, a lot of time, the reasons why we have, like you said, bad teachers is that the least qualified of us are the ones that teach. The best qualified of us do not want to teach because what's the use of going to a school to teach when you get paid peanuts at the end of the day? Now, my question has to do with the, the commissioners as well as how long we should expect to see results. Um, like you said, your KPI, I don't know what the KPIs are. Hopefully in the coming weeks, we'll get them to come tell us what their KPIs are. But for education, how long a time should you start seeing results? And what kind of results should we start seeing? I ask this question because, like you said, the numbers are going down. Out-of-school children is tripling by the day. I think Plato State has, I think, Top ten out of school children in Nigeria. You can so, put it about ten million in northern Nigeria. So, so out we of school children. so we, we basically have a lot of children out of school. Um, uh, primary education, which for me is the basics of any educational system, is rotten. M- many people would rather take their children to private schools than public schools. First six months, first three months, in your opinion, what should the key, what what should we start seeing? For us, say, okay, these people are doing the right things. Is it just about training teachers? Should you see more schools being built? What are those tangible things we should start? seeing for us okay this woman is working towards you know the goal that we expect her to work towards okay emeka uh let me let me say this um when you ask for time uh, uh two three months six months what should people expect from these commissioners uh within a period of time now 
I would set my own for them. Yes. Uh, perhaps that is what the governor has set for them to do. But you see, this is not a one-man show. There must be interagency partnership. Now, if you want to revive education within three months, America, I would say that is not achievable. Of course it's Now, not. here is why I say so. Uh, the system is already rotten, and it's something that you will need to re rejuvenate, re to regalvanize the system from that, se that, 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 that sector. Now, first and foremost, um, the schools are without books. So it means the commissioner must also call Plateau Publishing Company into the picture. Now, this is the inter-ministerial and agency partnership I'm talking about. The commissioner will call the P uh, Plateau uh, Printing uh, Press to come on, on board. He said, look, we need to start printing books for these schools. Rather than buying, why do we have a printing press? That is government-owned. People just sit down redundancy. They just, they just get paid salary. These are the same sort of people who jump on every strike that comes. Because look, if you were busy, you would not be going out to participate in any uh, uh, strike protest. Sorry to the NLC. Well, you have your right to demand for all of this, but you have most of these people redundant, and that's why they can quickly jump on anything called uh, uh, strike actions. Now, if these agencies partner, while the governor looks at the structures. The commissioner can first start, you know, partnering with these agencies I just mentioned. Say, okay, what type of books do we need for pupils at primary school? What are the kind of books we need for our students at the secondary level? Now, while that is coming up, don't forget they are going to be working with a budget they did not present. Yes. Right? Because the year is already half spent. So they begin to look at this and when they are able to come up with these ideas, now, they can now approach the governor, who will in turn maybe send in a supplementary budget to the State House of Assembly. And I want to believe, because they all belong to the same party, I think uh, we can simply say that the PDP has a majority in the State Assembly, so the governor shouldn't have problems in implementing his projects, especially those that have to go through the State House of Assembly for, 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 for consent. So these are some of the things that I think we should not necessarily say two or three months. But partnering with these agencies, I agree we can have this done in two or three months. But the governor will also needs to be given a week by week progress on that sector so that when they move in with this budget, it's going to be, and I borrowed the word we use in Nigeria, hitting the ground running. Amen. All right, then. Um, since we've talked about commissioners, I think it's best to talk about the Niger, the Niger problem that is big deaf. It's not big definitely no. We have more problems in Nigeria than what's happening in Niger. But, 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 that but, is how they want to govern their country. As a political scientist, <laughs> I need to also make this very clear. Mm. I think that we have overflowed this issue of Niger Republic. Have we? Probably because we are neighbors. And the implication uh, to Nigeria is the insecurity that may snowball into our own country. But so far, so good. Our borders have been shut. Look, there are better ways to handle the Niger uh, problem. I do not think that we need to wage war on Nigeria, but which is where I know you're heading to, because that has been the topic dominating the, the ecosystem. There are diplomatic ways. I mean, as a student of political science and international research, I understand very well that war is the last option. So we have overflowed this issue. The National Assembly has said to Mr. President, look, you cannot wage war on this. Seek alternative means of dispute resolution. One of which is what? Diplomacy. Already, you sent an envoy uh, to Nigeria Republic to negotiate uh, with the coup plotters and say, okay, what can we do? How long are you going to be here uh, so that we can return to democracy? But if you look at it, there's something we also need to know. Democracy is not the best system or form of government. I think people need to understand that 
there's no democracy in the United Arab Emirates, and they're doing very well. There's no democracy in China. So, so there's, there's, exactly. So we keep hammering on this. Oh, the West African sub-region is gradually being overtaken by military junta, and we need to be careful. Like the saying goes, and I know that's what Nigerian government wants to do, uh, with due respect to those who are at the helm of leadership, that when your neighbor's beards are on fire, you look for water and begin to sprinkle on your own, just in case it crosses over. So we should talk about Nigerian issues. Yes, we will look at international issues. No, of course, what we want to just, you know, push aside. But we have more problems here. Emeka, should Nigeria go into war in Niger Republic just to restore leadership? But it's not Nigeria that's going to war, it's ECOWAS. No. Who is the bigger brother in ECOWAS? Nigeria. I will give you history of this ECOWAS movement since it was, you know, uh, 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 inaugurated and started. You would Go and check. Nigeria has invested more than any African country into ECOWAS. And we're complaining of lack of resources. So why do we want to take our resources to go and just to return a government that in itself was corrupt, which was one of the reasons why the military junta came on board. The coup did not just happen. First, the man didn't win election. There were issues you remember very well. Yes. The opposition were suppressed and somehow he emerged. People manage him. You would have thought that someone whose emergence was illegitimate, quote unquote, would come in and want to impress the people so they would forget or heal those wounds. That was not the case. All they needed, all he, they had was he confiscated the properties of the former president, the person who him to, he took over from, and today he is now buying them back. America, nobody, I repeat, will sit down and watch such a thing happen. If the people cannot come out to protest to get the government out because there must be a democratic principle or rule of engagement to get him out, the juntas will come. So in West Africa, what has happened to us is because we have given room for malgovernance, for bad leadership. And these guys cannot continue to sit down and look when the people know that when they come with their guns, they will be able to come out. The only challenge would then be the suspension of the constitution. And I think that is what a lot of people are scared of with the junta. Uh, there are, I make bold to say, I mean, I was, uh, uh, you know, in secondary school when the military were still, you know, uh, having their jamboree, I'm sorry to say, as uh, president or heads of state. I don't even need to call them because they're not presidents, they're actually heads of state. And I tell you what, uh, to a very large extent, there was no insecurity in this country. The only problem we had at that time was that looting was like uh, a Christmas party. Has looting even changed now? Well, it hasn't changed, but this time around, it's just that there are just a few bottlenecks that you must pass through before you loot. Mm-hmm. So we expect that those stages that you pass to loot, there are people that somehow, someday, will have them checkmate this thing and blow the trumpet so that Nigerians can react. We're gradually getting there. I know why Nigeria is in a hurry to solve the Nigerian problem, right? Uh, it's because the implication is that Northern Nigeria will answer. And once Northern Nigeria answers, Nigeria will answer. So these are some of the challenges. So I think that we have far more better and bigger problems to resolve in Nigeria than waging to a war. I was reading somewhere that um, our security budget already, what we spend, is about $1.2 trillion. Now, if we are going into that so-called war in Niger Republic, it means we're going to have to double that budget. America, do we have $2.4 trillion to go and invest in a war? when the road between Joss and Akwanga is in a very deplorable condition. On, on when the classroom you mentioned about are without seats and windows, how do these people even learn? So these are some of the challenges, and I think we should delve more on our problems and how to come out of them than moving into someone's country to what 
is is Niger uh, an anglophone uh, nation? No, it's a francophone. Mm, francophone. And they had an in, in mm. case you don't know. I mean, this is a course I'm very, very vast in because this is what I studied in school, even though I said I didn't go to school. <laughs> they signed a deal with the French government before independence. And we need to also go back and look at it. What were these deals they signed before independence? Have they breached? Can France come in? Why is France evacuating their citizens out of Niger? Even when they are their colonial masters. France still collects revenue in all francophone nations. Nobody's talking about that. Niger Republic is one of them. They still pay royalties to France. You think the British government can come to Nigeria today and do that thing? Nigeria will say no to it. A country that didn't even ask for her independence. Come on. So I think we have far more bigger problems to, and challenges to deal with here than to begin to delve into Niger Republic. So we should leave Niger to focus on their own problems and fix themselves. You have your ministers here who have been recycled. Yeah, that's talking, I'm talking about the ministers. Talking, talking about the ministers. I, I I mean, wanted, I wanted this is to, what you should be talking but, but, about. But, but, but then again, sorry to cut you. Yeah. Um, like you said, if, if, if your neighbor's beards are on fire, you should be careful so yours don't get on fire as yes. well. Now, one of the things the president did, I think it was last week, Friday or Thursday, where he, he, he caught um, you know, alleged supply to Niger. Some people have said that that, that was a bilateral agreement <laughs> that that many people felt should not have happened. Exactly. Because now, if, killing business like now if, 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 if he had done that, what's, what is the bargaining power we now have to have a diplomatic conversation with them? Because if if the one of the most important relationship we have with them is this election supply, and we say, hey, we don't give you power anymore so that you can, you know, like say, give them sanctions, economic sanctions, which for me, personally, I think doesn't work. Economic sanctions is a very, it's a very lean thing. We've seen no, it. We've it's, seen an, it several, it's an ambiguous. It's ambiguous. It, it's, we've seen it several countries. Sanctions to Ukraine, sanctions to Russia. <laughs> nothing happened. You sanction, you give these things, and other countries come from Come and give them, give them help them. So, them. so, so but my question is, haven't we, we sort of done can we still can the ECOWAS, nigeria and nigeria can they still have a proper agreement because what, what many people are saying is if this if this happens and is successful it means that the other Af- west african countries and some will say other african countries will say hey if it happened and it worked why don't you do the same that that's that's one of the fear that people have if a junkta if a military junkta works in in nigeria yeah, we could we could try it some other place. Now, do we have enough bargaining chip on our table to speak to them? Haven't done what the president had done last week. What have they done with the Junta and Burkina Faso? What have they done about it? Nothing. Good. So you see, uh, of course, there are ties between countries. There are binational relationship and there are bilateral relationship. These are two different words, and Nigeria can pick one to approach this challenge from. Now, we already sent an envoy to Nigeria Republic. I did mention that while I was talking before yes. you asked your question. And I said, have we explored all of that option? Let us wait for the former head of state to come back with a report. Mm. Then we sit down as a nation, as that so-called big brother mm. nation that we call ourselves. And say, okay, what do we do? ECOWAS was not set up to go for war. ECOMO goes for war. Not ECOWAS. Economic communities. Not war communities. So ECOMOC. But of course, we know what happened. ECOMOC, Liberia, and all of that. Nigeria will always brand, you know, say, oh, we've restored peace in XYZ country. Nigeria has the best police. Uh, uh, if you look at the, the military might of Nigeria, is comparable to six African countries. We'll run them in one day. But you see, the same thing Russia thought they could do to Ukraine. And it's a year plus. Now that war is a year, year plus. plus. Yeah. So we need to be careful. Let us allow the 
envoy we sent to come back with a report. And of course, that report would then give the president some leeway to call in other African leaders and say, okay, here is what they have come with. Which other approach should we go? Going into war is not going to be an option. Now, once you rule that out, it means you will seek diplomatic you know, routes. In a, place, so- in a place where diplomacy doesn't work? It will work. And I'll tell you why. It might just take time. Now, that's the difficult, the, the, the difficult part of diplomacy. It will take time for it to work. Mm. Because you can sit down with the junta and say, okay, uh, can you spend X, Y, Z? But why you do this? Start making arrangements for a proper democratic system or government to come in place. That's what the man in Burkina Faso is trying to do. Today, if you remember, Burkina Faso is not just the first. This is not the first time Burkina Faso. Of course. You, uh, you, you know the great or the legendary uh, you know, leader who took over, of course, from Opa Volta uh, to what we now call uh, Burkina Faso. Uh, you know how that process happened. Some of us were in primary school when that actually happened. So we can tell the stories the way they are. But here is the most important thing, and I think Nigerians and our leadership must do. Explore all, and I repeat, all diplomatic you know, options in resolving this crisis. When that fails, according to you, and I feel it will not fail, you can then come and begin to find these economic sanctions that when these things start biting, you don't need to tell them. They will call you back and say, okay, how do we go about this? But you are sending an envoy to go and talk with the leadership of the junta in Niger, and mm-hmm. then you are disconnecting them, you are disconnecting power supply. Yeah. What are you doing? Exactly. You are killing more people. My, 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 That's my, solving the problem. My, my, my last question before we because is in the, the, the Niger in the past 20, 30 years have gone, I think it's 1960 thereabouts, have gone, this is your fourth military coup. Yes. Now, if a country in short, a short time have, have done four military coups, is that not a, an indication that maybe democracy isn't what they want? How many have you done in Nigeria? From 1960 to date? A good number. A good number. About the same number with Nigeria Republic. Where are we today? A democratic nation. Good. So I said, Are we thriving? Is, well, that is subject to debate. But so far, so good. I think that even the Nigerian military admits that democracy even pays better than the military regime. You heard the chief of army staff spoke about that just recently. And he's not the first to come and say, I make bold to say this, Emeka, that the Nigerian army have enjoyed more since the return of democracy in Nigeria in 1999 than they did in the past where they held sway. Imagine if democracy was not truncated during the Shagari regime. Do you know where Nigeria would have been today? But again, like I said, I'm not saying democracy is the best system of government. But I'm saying, since that is what we have chosen to do, if we had allowed democracy to thrive from when Buhari took over from Shagari in 1983, I'm sure by now, we won't be talking 24 years of, uh, you know, non-stop uh, democratic uh, governance in Nigeria. We'd have been looking at over three to four decades. And by now, we would have moved at least significantly and I think that's what we should, you know, channel our energies uh, to. So for me, it's uh, either here or there. But what we need to do is put what is right before us to discuss. 
All right, we'll open the phone lines right now for you to be a part of the conversation. Don't forget the handles www.facebook.com forward slash JFM Joss and off Twitter JFM Joss. And the numbers to call this morning 09055666699 or 08121877777. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Morning, welcome to the show. What's your name and where are you calling us from? Chukudi is calling from my name. All right, Chukudi, go ahead. Yes, honestly, I think you have a very, very informed guest in the studio here has actually done justice, honestly, justice to all the questions you threw at him. Uh, first of all, I want to congratulate um, the new commissioners of Plateau State. Mm. In, in, my, in, the, in the depth of my heart, my kidney and my liver confirmed that these people are going to deliver. All right. uh, because um, having seen that um, the kind of suffering, the kind of trauma that EPC government brought to Plateau State in the past eight years, um, I think they're going to be women enough, right in their spirit, to be able to deliver for the people of Plateau State. Okay. And then, um, away from that, I'll come back to the issue of um, the commissioners. Mm. While I round up. On the issue of the um, Nigeria Republic, I said this thing on another session this morning, that if Nigeria have got so many security issues bordering this country, and um, the security budget in this country is taking a huge amount of money from the national budget, um, and this same problem has continued in 2019 today, and Government come, government goes. We have not been able to solve our own problem. I don't see any 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 wisdom. I don't see any rationale. I don't I don't see how important it is for us to go to jump into a country, you know, that is smaller than ours, just to go and settle their own issues. What does the Nigerian government want to prove to African countries and to the world? Please, if there's anything they want to prove, they are going by the name uh, Giant of Africa or whatever they want to show. They should first of all make this in this country and make sure that our regions. The, so many places they, 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 they call or they regret to be ungoverned places. Let it be governed. Mm-hmm. All the soldiers you want to send to go and fight and then lift up the Nigerian flag in those places and claim that you are the gent of Africa. Let them go to all these areas and make sure that peace is maintained. We cannot be suffering in our country for insecurity and they want to go and stabilize them, uh, democracy in another man's country. Yeah. Besides, democracy, like your guests have just said, is not the best system of government, if you ask me. Because they're a great country today, doing wonderful things, doing marvelous things for their citizens, securing their nation, living normally fine. Countries like China, if you look at countries like um, UAE, countries like Saudi Arabia, these people, they're, they're first class countries in of the world. And mm-hmm. they're producing a lot of things and making the, the whole world. Nigerians are jumping to those places and they're not even practice democracy. So, so if the people of Niger, people that are being governed and the governed and the people that are even living in their country say that what, they, what the military have done is what they want. Mm-hmm. Nigeria should let them be. The police let us come back home and they settle our problem. The issue of first scarcity and the hunger and insecurity in this land is killing Nigerians and they want to go and use Nigerians also to go and stabilize another country. It is unfair. And again, on the issue of the commission, like I come back and surround up, our brother and um, your colleague in the office, former colleague there, Mr. Ashon, please, what um, procedure is he, is he actually accorded to as a commissioner of Plastic State? Commissioner, me, commissioner for, for, for information. <laughs> I hope he heard that. All right. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Morning, welcome to the show. What's your name and where are you calling? Yeah, Pastor Rick from Redfield here. I greet all of you in the studio and your guests. Good morning. Go ahead. Yes. Let, let me begin direct for what is happening in the jail. Having listened yesterday in, in some people's comments, whether in channels and other television stations, um, a comment was made yesterday, and it's a concern to every reasonable Nigerian and Africa that any attack in the jail is attack in northern Nigeria, 
the person making this statement was specific. And having listened to other conversations, like your guest said in the studio, we need diplomatic method and ways of handling this issue. Mr. President should look into that direction. Nigeria has a lot in their hands, like others have said. So we don't want to board ourselves with what I will call Father Christmas Big Brothers to other countries in Africa, which is not really giving us any gain as such. So we should trade with caution mm. in handling the issues of such that is happening in Niger. Mm. Then, very seriously, is that Nigerians should look at what is happening to them. I mentioned in a sister station today the issue of electoral manipulation and electoral coup mm. that is ongoing in many parts of Africa, including Nigeria. Look at 2023 elections. Oh, sorry, can you have to help us wrap up your thoughts quickly because of our time? I okay. will end up with this, my sister. Thank you very much. That Nigerian leaders should work hard to release and to give benefit of democracy to their citizens. If not, the reports of what we are seeing in other parts of the countries in Africa will happen to Nigeria. I don't pay such. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you so much for your contribution. Hello. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. All right. Do well to call yeah, Good morning. Okay. Good morning. Welcome to the show. What's your name and where are you calling us from? Yeah, my name is Comrade Mazi Patrick Okoro Kras. I'm calling from Old Blue Educational Center and Richard's Statistics. Good morning, our guest is here. Good morning. Thank God that the senators they have reacted positively. But the thing is this you should know very well that the people at, uh, 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 what do they call it? The Russian people. The English press are there. At least the, the guy, the political science guy, you know what? The, you know about the 50,000 points. So we shouldn't go to danger our military. Even I was even laughing when I saw the chief of defense from different countries. The way they were just reacting. I was laughing. I said, God, this people are not ready for this type of stuff. We cannot go there and waste our resources. At least we are looking for money in terms of palliative, name them. In as much as Nigeria is looking for palliative for the market, mm-hmm. that does not allow the government to go and buy something we cannot carry. You are talking about palliative. Carry that money you should use and go and waste in Niger. Take it and solve Nigerian problems. Mm. See our schools everywhere. See students looking for greater pastor. For go there and for good lecture room, use the money. Because ECOMOC that went that side, what happened? They wasted ECOMOC boys at the end of the day. Nobody cares about their, their, their relations. The people they left behind, you want to go and take venture like that. Look, Russia is already there. The, the those missionaries, they're already there in Mali. So if Nigeria is going there, from Sokoto to Germany, uh, we have over 40 something routes, but only eight that the federal government has covered. Even like, the man that left in Niger, that was three days after the, the, the coup. He told me, look, that was last week. Look, the main road to that Niger, mm-hmm. the military men there, when you look at the clothes they are wearing, it's just like uh, uh, the, 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 the sand. The, the machine they have, they just like the sun. They divert people to follow the actual way in that place. Look, let us not waste our resources. Right. We have a lot to do in this country, not to talk of going to Niger. Mm. Good morning, Mazu Crawford from here in Angry Thank you so much for your contribution. Hello, good morning. 
Hello, oh, good morning. Morning, it's welcome to Mama. the show. I don't know who's calling from Valencia. Good morning to our guests. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Let me tell you something about this uh, this school in Indonesia. Let me. I mean, uh, the our president, as a chairman of ECOWAS, she persuaded the other member states to employ diplomatic options. We are looking at it as an ordinary war. Remember that world powers will be interested: France, Russia, America, and the rest of them. Let us uh, learn a lesson from what happened in Russia. Has Russia been able to crush Ukraine? And then uh, I was surprised when I saw another headline today, streaming headlines, so saying that the, all the, the states in the bordering the Niger, you know, it's a lie. We have to know it's about four or five states bordering. Hello? Yes, yes, we can hear you. He said that, uh, that if, uh, if uh, Nigeria is involved in that war, it's, a, it's an attack on the north. So what, how can you prosecute such a war? When people there are already... They will sabotage, sabotage it. We have enough problems in Nigeria, if you ask me, you know. And then remember that even the electricity in the court, it was an agreement because they said they shouldn't dam whatever they said they shouldn't dam. I mean, they decided to dam it. They're in trouble too. So what I'm happy said that now, let me come to Plateau State. Yes. I'm happy the way, uh, you know, the kind of appointments we made. Mm. But again, the railway, that's where I'm interested in the rail. You know, I'm so happy he's talking about the society rail within the uh, class, that is uh, uh, George Bukra and then to the environment, uh, maybe Abom and the rest of them. Mm-hmm. If it does that, it will bring down the cost of transportation generally. Then the education sector, we have lost it as a, as a, as a nation. Yeah. When even the cut off marks for people who go to uh, study uh, education is, the, is among the least. What is that? Then if you see anybody with a high score, the person will, first of all, quickly tell you that, ah, it's not what uh, you don't want to study education, that is because they didn't have any other course and you don't want to stay back at home. You know, nobody is proud to be uh, associated with teaching. It's a little unfortunate. Mm. All the same, let's not be about Nigeria. All right, don't mind. Thank you so much, Radio Mama, for your contribution. We'll head on to our social media platform right now for your comments. On Facebook, Albert Akaya Daxa says, Congratulations to Plateau State for being blessed with the quality of commissioners by the governors, whom are majorly youths. This is unprecedented, and I believe the outcome will flow who follow suit as well um, as so Bagun Francis says in life we live just for a while at every stage there is happening events situations challenges good moments hard times success and failures but remember that there is death Nigerians should reduce the quantum of hate speech concerning EJ and their practice John Blaze Olani says Nigeria is not going to war with Niger. ECOWAS is and Nigeria being a member of ECOWAS as well as other ECOWAS nations are mandated to provide human and material resources for the exercise when needed as Nigerian president is currently the chairman of ECOWAS that is why all information is coming from Nigeria please don't forget that all ECOWAS chief of defense meet in Nigeria concerning this issue so let us stop this narrative that Nigeria is going to war. Nobody said Nigeria is going to war, at least not from here. Also, let us not encourage coup and make it look attractive because we all know what Nigeria went through during the military era. David Mark Sambo says, um, the commissioners appointed by Excel, by um, the governor are good and round pegs in round holes. The list of ministerial nominees are a bunch of recycled failures, corrupted minded individuals who will never take Nigeria anywhere. 
Bola Ahmed Tenebusha tread with caution about the issue of coup in Nijim. Military force is not the way out, but dialogues remains the best way to handle the Nijim coup. All right, comrade, that was long as that was saying, I think we must commend the effort of the governor in setting the ground running with the swearing in of the commissioners. There is hope for Platt State. My spirit keeps tell, telling me that um, <laughs> Osama will be giving an appointment before the end of this administration in Plato State. He deserves it. Let's continue to pray for the peace of Plato State. Good morning. And Kevin Lewis then saying, let our clueless government use the money to that they are intending to use to restore democracy in the Nigeria Republic on the welfare of Nigerians instead. And Nigeria has enough problems already unattended. Federal government used should leave Nigeria Republic to settle or the I'm trying to make sense of this. Uh, I think I'll just leave it at that. Um, before we go, um, Mr. Silas, your comments or your reactions on some of the comments and calls we've had this morning? Well, I think that, uh, like I always would say, that everybody's entitled to his opinion, especially when it comes to national issues. But yeah. uh, those who are saddled with the responsibility of you know, implementing or giving us what is right are those whom we have all elected in different offices. So for me, uh, they should first and foremost look at their constituencies, which is Nigeria, uh, before any other thing else, not even themselves and their families, how they will make this country good for us and then our children, you know, generation yet unborn. For me, uh, that's what is key. And let me also quickly uh, say uh, well done to the governor. I mean, uh, there is relative peace now uh, in Mangu. Uh, we're glad the movement and everything has been restored. I was in Mangu myself a couple of days ago, and from what I saw there, I think that um, the security men are so far so good doing a yeoman's job. I hope this continues and not just on the pages. And now there's some machines too were sent, you know, to restore the land. So um, the governor too. I, I need to add this before we leave the show. About to every Nigerian out there, to every good mini Nigerian out there, who wants the country to get better? We'll have to be patient. And as much as we do not like some of the names on the ministerial list, there are also some names that are quite commendable. I think that as we throw our stones at Mr. President and the things he's doing, we also should put pass him in the back when he does well. Yes, the, the list is not what we want. Some people should not be there, I should believe. But I also think that when there are some names that are good enough, some names that have earned their stripes in Nigeria's ministerial list, we should also give it to him. Hopefully in the next coming weeks, coming months, the states will do well. And this is also an open invitation to the commissioners. Please, uh, we need you to talk to us. Um, the, days of, the days of anonymity, the days of just staying back and not talking to us is over. We need you to tell us what your plans are, tell us what you're doing, what you plan to do, so that should you do them or not do them, we have something to hold you up with. Commissioner of Education, Information, every one of you we are, let me use the word masters, but you serve us now. And please, we demand that you talk to us and talk to us like your paymasters. Good morning. Good morning. I also want to say that we should stay open-minded. Um, I know that a lot of us want quick fixes. We want to see things happen really, really fast, but we have to be patient. Sometimes good things take a long time for them to be accomplished. And so if we are patient enough, some of these things will come to fertility and we would begin to be actually benefit from the dividends of governance. Well, I want to thank you so much, Mr. Silas, for coming on the show this morning. The news comes up by 10 o'clock. You want to keep your eyes locked on to J101.9 FM. Have a beautiful Monday morning.
Record portfolio agro ally limited. IPA, former ERD, is a self-reliant agro. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast. Podcast.